Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I'd like to point out there are a lot of judges out there. Uh, I've been in front of quite a few. And the vast majority of them are okay. But once in a while, a bad one comes along. I've talked about that before. Uh, and another one just popped up on the radar. And Randy sent me notes. So Steve, check this out. And the headline alone is worth the price of admission. Colorado judge reportedly screamed at attorneys. Just days after returning from suspension and undergoing anger management, something tells me those courses didn't work. It didn't stick, as they say. David Magoya from the Gazette out of Colorado Springs writes a story. Just two days after coming back from a month-long suspension from the bench for a criminal conviction that required extensive anger management counseling, Summit County District Judge launched into a courtroom tirade against two attorneys that left them frightened and fearful. (laughs) I'm just laughing because the anger management portion of that. He said in a written order that he roundly admonished the lawyers at a hearing on November 15th for allegedly ignoring the court's deadlines, but later admitted he was disappointed in himself for his intemperance. He was intemperate. See, if you have a really good big word you can use, instead of saying you did something wrong, uh, that's what you do. But one of the lawyers in the case said the judge had actually screamed at them and that the lawyer just sat back and took the court's anger and displeasure without standing up for myself. And by the way, I've had people ask me about this. They say, Steve, you're in court and a judge were to start yelling at at you. Would you start yelling back, shouldn't you, to stand up for yourself? And I have to remind people that I am not in court for the most part (laughs) on my own cases. I am there on other people's cases. So when I'm standing in court representing a client, if, if a judge were to scream at me, I have to ask myself, what's the best thing for my client? Do I scream back or do I stand there and, and wait to fight another day? So that would be more often the case. Because I mentioned before that I was in front of that one judge who finally got kicked off the bench and thrown in jail. And uh, when I was in front of her, I saw her do things that I thought were uh, impolite I don't know that she did anything that rose to the level, in my cases, that should have gotten her in trouble. But I'd heard all these stories about her. So when you saw her amping things up, you got concerned. But the entire time, my client is sitting right here. And so my number one concern is my client and my client's case. And so if I got to take a beating from my client, I'll do it. But don't get me wrong, if I was there by myself or on a personal matter and that happened, different story altogether. Um, an attorney wrote, I was physically affected by the lack of decorum and outright anger directed at me. And that was uh, in a statement filed in the court. Uh, The attorney filed a motion asking the judge to remove himself from the case, and the judge denied it. (laughs) I was frightened and still am fearful of how I will be treated in this courtroom in the future. I hope there's a lot of judges there. that's, That's all you can hope, because there are some districts, for instance, where they only have two or three judges. And the bad judge I was talking about here in Michigan who got kicked off the bench and thrown in jail, um, if you filed something in that court, it went to her. That she, she was the court. That was her. Now, if you file something in, in Wayne County Circuit Court, they got dozens and dozens and dozens of judges down there. So there are some judges that I just don't wind up in front of for quite some time, and it happens that way. So the attorney represents a moving company, uh, employee 
who says he was injured when he fell from the deck of a client's home while moving bedroom furniture, according to the lawsuit filed back in 2020. Now, the attorney did not respond to the newspaper's efforts to reach him. So the attorney responded in a filing with the court asking the judge to remove himself from the case, which the judge denied, but that's how we know what the attorney's side of the story is. Now, the judge was suspended for 30 days without pay back in August by the Colorado Commission on Judicial Discipline following his guilty plea to misdemeanor disorderly conduct in which he allegedly threatened his stepson with a rifle in July of 2021 during a protracted argument at his home. His suspension ended November 13th. So he had something that he was accused of doing, and um, it was a guilty plea that he entered, so he admitted he did it, okay? So it was a guilty plea that got entered, and the judicial discipline people looked at what happened and said, okay, this guy's clearly got issues. So that's where that came from. Now, he was the chief judge for the 5th Judicial District that includes Summit County, and he was initially charged with felony menacing in that case, but apparently was dropped down to the misdemeanor disorderly conduct. He was sentenced to a year of unsupervised probation, fined, and was required to continue anger management counseling that he had voluntarily initiated. So this is a great thing, and I'm going to read between the lines for you. When you see somebody who is legally adept doing something, you ask yourself, why are they doing it? And so it says here that he voluntarily initiated anger management counseling, and that appears to have been done before he was sentenced. And so I can tell you that I know people who do a lot of criminal work. And for instance, if somebody is arrested on a drunk driving charge and their numbers are way off the chart, they'll tell that person to go get treatment now. Go get treatment now so that when we go into court, we can say you've already begun treatment. And so if this guy realized it would look good if he started anger management counseling before he got sentenced, maybe he had an issue with anger management, right? So he's been a judge since 2010. He returned to the bench in a reduced capacity in February of 2022 following the plea deal, uh, but he resigned as chief judge of the district and was no longer hearing criminal cases. A six-month suspension of his law license by the office of the presiding disciplinary judge, who is the discipline authority over lawyers, was set aside for one year as long as he stayed out of trouble. Think about that. You got a judge who's got to stay out of trouble. And, you know, I've seen things taken under advisement many, many times. Somebody goes into court. It's a first offense. It appears to be out of character for them. And the judge says, you know something, there's no objection from the prosecution on this. I'm going to take this under advisement, meaning that if you stay out of trouble for a year or six months, whatever it is, we'll throw this away. But if you get in trouble again, and well, guess what? You'll, you'll have that to deal with plus this. And so it becomes something to inspire you to behave better. But the fact that you've got to have something that inspires a judge to behave better is actually a problem. So I, I'm a little bothered by that, but it's unclear how that suspension could be affected by the recent conduct. The lawyers uh, were said to have problems with the judge's scheduling orders because the defendant in the case had died, and they were unsure how the case would proceed to trial that was scheduled for late November. So generally speaking, um, if someone dies, they can't testify at trial, and quite often their cases do get hindered by their death. Now, the upside, of course, is that they are no longer around to be upset by this. 
but that does throw a monkey wrench into the plans. The lawyers had not filed witness lists or an inventory of the exhibits they proposed to use. And now, in the judge's defense, if this happens, someone should notify the court and say, hey, one of the parties died. And we're trying to figure out what to do here. Can we put this thing in the back burner until we figure it out? Because the case might be something that can still proceed or it might not be. You never know. If, if the guy was the only witness, well, you might have a problem. So the judge sanctioned the lawyers by waiving the jury trial and, as an embarrassment, ordered them to appear on the trial date before inconvenienced prospective jurors to say they were unprepared. The judge later rescinded that part of the order and reinstated the trial when one of the attorneys complained. The suit will proceed. And by the way, in case you're curious, the person that died was apparently the homeowner. So the injured party, the plaintiff, is still around. It's the homeowner who's passed away. And um, the homeowner's estate becomes the defendant. Meanwhile, the attorney said he's willing to take the judge's anger until the judge dismissed the case as part of his sanctions against the lawyers. It was only when the court yelled that my client's case was dismissed as a sanction that I had to speak up and point out that that was the most extreme sanction, and it would be a sanction to my client who was innocent in all of this. And that's what the attorney wrote in the motion to reinstate the case. So when the judge was suspended in order that was approved by the Colorado Supreme Court, he was cited for failing to act in a manner that promotes public confidence in the judiciary. So the judge pleaded guilty to a crime, and among other things that happened around that time is he attended anger management. He was suspended, he came back from the suspension, and that anger management training did so much for him that he was screaming at attorneys in court. And the underlying problem there was actually an unusual one. So I'm trying to think right now, I've been thinking about this all morning, whether or not I've ever had a client of mine die. And I don't think I have, not during a case. Uh, I've had other cases where I had my opposing counsel pass away. Uh, and I've also obviously known other attorneys who passed away and so on, but none that affected anything that I was handling legally, which of course is what we're looking at here. So the attorneys were in an unusual situation. And you have to understand that the court here was behaving as if you're worried about the court itself. The court's job is to resolve cases, whether by settlement or by trial. And so if the court finds out that one of the parties has passed away, the court's going to realize, oh, there's some stuff we've got to do paperwork-wise here to indicate that the defendant is no longer a person but an estate. Okay, Hopefully this court can handle that case. If not, you may have to take a different court. But that's issue number one. And then issue number two, of course, is just simply that that would throw things into disarray for a little bit. So the, the, the fact that they needed some time on this shouldn't have come as a surprise. But for the judge to scream at them, to scream at them, and, and we all have different variations of what we might think the word scream means. Uh, and does that literally mean that the volume goes up to 10 and, and the pitch changes to where it actually hurts your ears? I mean, were there cats three blocks away going like, what's that sound? I mean, you know, so I don't know what that means specifically because I wasn't there. But one of the strangest things, and, and we've all met people like this, that you're talking to somebody about something and they get upset and they want to prove their point and they don't think they're proving it right. So they start increasing the volume of their voice. And that's something that's always bugged me because if the words you're saying uh, make sense, 
the volume at which you say them doesn't change their meaning. And I've, I know people, I actually know people who, if I'm having a discussion with them, I can anticipate it, that if I, if I don't agree with them and get on board with what they're saying, they're going to start repeating it louder and louder and louder. And that is a problem. Now, a friend of mine doesn't need to attend anger management. All that's going to happen is I'm just going to like try to defuse the situation and move on. But if a judge cannot control him or herself on the bench, understanding that the power that that judge wields, that judge could whisper things to make those attorneys quake in their shoes. And that's what really blows my mind here, is this judge is not that smart. Because a smart judge would lower his voice and lean at the microphone and go, guys, one of your parties died and nobody contacted me? Shouldn't that have been your first step? Why didn't somebody, whose job was it to contact the court? Whose job was that? Is there really a need to raise your voice to get that point across? No, of course not. And so when you raise your voice, and by the way, we've all seen this. Uh, look at little kids, how they, how they behave, how they react when adults start screaming at each other or at them. And it's a very, very visceral reaction that we have when people start screaming at us. Because it often, I think, has something to do with going way back in the mists of time that people would scream in emergencies. And so someone's screaming at you, and, and deep down your body just tells you there's an emergency. Something bad is happening. No, the judge is losing it on the bench. So that's a bizarre problem. So I hope, I hope they've got this on video. Because some courts have court reporting systems. They catch it all on video. And if they do, you download the video. You send it up to the Judicial Tenure Commission. I forgot they call it there in Colorado, but you send it to them. And you say, look at this. This guy does not have the uh, demeanor to be a judge. Remember, this is post-anger management. <laughs> if they've managed his anger to this point, what was it before? That's what I want to know. So, Randy, thanks for sending it. From the Gazette out of Colorado Springs, David Magoya wrote this. Colorado judge reportedly screamed at attorneys days after returning from suspension and anger management. Questions or comments, put them below. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. My parents didn't want to move to Florida, but they turned 60 and that's the law.